Welcome to Back to Debbie, brought to you by Campus Ken. I'm your host, Mike Valerie, and this is my co-host, Corey. We are chest deep into the offseason. On today's show, we're going over bowl game reactions, talking about players that broke out, changing of the guard, etc. And as always, we're going to be going over the news and two player profiles heading into the 2023 draft. But first, Corey with the news. Yeah, so like we like to do here, first we'll start off with the transfer portal update. And we've got uh, USC freshman wide receiver CJ Williams entering the portal. Very high-ranking four-star receiver who I actually probably liked a little bit more than consensus out there. So I will be interested to see where he goes. Um, we also have FSU running back Treshawn Ward is entering the portal, which is kind of less important for Treshawn Ward. More important for my guy Trey Benson, who had a tremendous season for FSU. Probably walks into 2023 as a starter. Probably a sneaky riser in the 2024 class. Um, we have former Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson. He's transferring over to Washington. He's a guy we haven't really got to see in a traditional uh, running back role in those Mike Leach offenses. So uh, transferring to an explosive offense like the Huskies could be pretty interesting for him. Um, and we finally got a wide receiver transfer to Penn State. And no, it's not Caden Prather. And no, it's not Dante Cephas. But it's former NC State wide receiver Devin Carter transferring to Penn, C- uh, Penn State, uh, a six-year wide receiver with some good size for the outside, but definitely not anybody that we're excited about. Um, and then we've got some uh, withdrawals from the transfer portal as well, starting with your guy over at Charlotte, wide receiver Grant DuBose. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Elijah Spencer's my guy, the guy that oh, ruined okay. his career. Right? I'm not a Grant DuBose guy. Okay, sorry, sorry. I misplaced the name there. Either way, we don't really care about either of them. Uh, moving over to one that was a little bit surprising in Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall who uh, was probably one of the most sought-after G5 quarterbacks, or at least uh, was reported to. There is some rumors out there about perhaps some grades problems that were coming in Auburn. Uh, No validity to those, though, we're not too sure. Um, He seemed to have plenty of Power 5 interest, uh, although I'm pretty sure uh, anybody with them on their C2C teams would be pretty happy to have them for uh, another year of similar production. Um, Heading over to the draft, we've got a few draft declarations. Uh, this week's kind of been the theme of some smaller backs declaring for the draft. We've got Tulane running back Ty J. Spears, who just ran for over 200 yards in the bowl game. Uh, Kansas State running back Deuce Fawn has declared. And East Carolina running back Keaton Mitchell is declaring for the draft, who uh, my guy Mike here likes to call the G5 Devin a chain. So a uh, guy with a lot of speed there. Um, probably going to fall victim to a pretty deep class here. If I wanted to take a shot on one of these guys, it's, pro- <coughs> Excuse me, it's probably going to be Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Um, but I'm honestly not too overly interested in any of these guys. Uh, we've got some expected declarations in uh, Alabama's quarterback Bryce Young and running back Jameer Gibbs uh, declaring for the draft. We've also got Ole Miss running back Zach Evans declared for the draft, as well as Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. Um, we've got one surprising one in uh, LSU wide receiver Cation Booty declaring for the draft after previously saying he was going to return. Uh, there's been a couple of rumors and theories out there about why he decided to return and why he decided to, to declare now and miss the bowl game. Nothing concrete. Um, there's some stuff out there. If you want to go search it up on Twitter, on Google, if you like being a conspiracy theorist, uh, I'm just personally happy to see him entering the draft and getting out of there. Um, and we're still waiting for some interesting uh, declares like uh, Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims hasn't declared for the draft yet. And uh, Michigan running back Blake Corum hasn't uh, announced his intentions for the draft yet either. So, could be two guys that have a surprising return and enter the 2024 class. Um, but that about wraps up the news for this week. Make sure you guys are keeping it locked on the C2C YouTube and podcast feed for everything you need to know leading up to the TCU versus Georgia National Championship game on January 9th. All right, let's go into our player profiles and 
you know, we're still starting at the top here. We're going to start with our first one here. We're going to talk about Quentin Johnston, also called QJ. He's six foot four, two fifteen. 215, uh, 53 receptions on the year for 903 yards and five touchdowns. Now, slow start to the season and then exploded back onto the scene. And it was a slow start. I mean, you can hear us talk back at like the original. I was talking about how, like, I really don't know what to do. Like, it's week five. Like, we need to have something. Um, but it, it's a new coach. It's a new system. Uh, the starting QB got injured early. Uh, Max Duggan had a slower start, too. Like, you know, it took him, like, two or three games. But um, once they got Quentin Johnson back involved and they figured out how to use him, he was uh, his self. He was just absolutely electric. So that's my narrative for why he had a slow start. I don't think it was a skill thing or a talent thing. I'm, it's just a new system. Uh, he's the only alpha in this group, and this well, top-tier alpha for me in this wide receiver class. He has really high level of athletics uh but he is raw in some categories but like he shows enough on the field like enough flashes that you feel really good about every aspect of his game i mean great hands uh, obviously you can use him in a gadget facility if you really want to you don't have to though like you know he has a like the speed and all the other stuff like that he the way he like does like some spin moves you're like why is a man that big that agile at spinning you know so um he's just a really fun player and like an ultimate athlete it's very easy to comp him to other elite alpha wide receivers like like AJ Green or, or Julio Jones, but like, you know that tier of player, he's very easy to comp to. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with a lot of what you said there. He's one of the few guys who's going to offer some size in this class. Probably the only size speed guy near the top. You know, barring some ridiculous testing from a guy like Cedric Tillman, who kind of brings some size too. Um, like you said, new coaching system, everything was kind of probably a, a factor in in his slow start. But I mean, he's kind of been streaky his entire career a little bit. Um, you know, only two, only two games over 100 yards this year, but they were both like borderline 200 yard effort efforts there. So um, he kind of has these blow up games, and he's kind of quieter at times, which which leads to like some some lower raw production numbers but you know he still has strong market share numbers he was kind of before sonny dykes got there he was kind of held back by some poor quarterback play some poor play calling as well so he the the raw stats on paper don't look that good but still this guy was the number one target in this offense this guy had the market share you want to see he's that prototypical x that you can throw on the outside you're gonna chuck it up to him you know he's probably gonna come down with it 70 80 percent of the time he's gonna box with defenders properly uh high point the ball or he's gonna blow by them uh by the secondary for a touchdown because he's got that that speed he has that sneaky versatility like you were talking about used on end arounds used on screen plays that gadget type of usage that you can that you can use with him which is weird for a guy his size you don't expect that for a guy his size but he he has those those movement skills right you know like like you're saying he's raw in some aspects the route versatility could still be refined he's not used in many other ways besides those schemed open plays besides throwing it up to him you know for those 50 50 balls but all signs point to an early selection here in the NFL, and I believe he probably has one of the highest upsides in the class. So he's in early contention to be my wide receiver one. I think he is in my wide receiver one right now. I really do. Yeah, I, I do too. Like currently, he is for me as well. Yeah, there's like small red flags about the other guys at the top, but like it's it's like with him, he's just a unique mold here. So he, he yeah. has to go early. I mean, there's just no way he doesn't because there's no other player with his skill set out there. No, and according to mock draft database, it looks like he's going. He might even be a top ten pick. I mean, that's not always true, but I'm just saying he, that's the kind of love he's getting out there right now. Anyways, yeah. So, uh, going on to our next guy here. Oh, also, I do have to actually. I have to. I have to backtrack a little bit. His stats left out the bowl game. That's my fault. But uh, he's 59 for 1,064 and six if you include the bowl game. So, um, now going on to Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama. Our QB one. I don't know if you're wavering after this CJ um, performance. Well, I guess we'll talk about that later, though. Yeah. 
But uh, he had 1,800 less passing yards than last year. And I think that speaks so much volume to uh, the lack of wide receiver talent. But uh, let me backtrack again. Uh, he was 230 for 309, 3,007 yards, 27 touchdowns, and five interceptions. Um, but once again, 1,800 yards less than last year. I mean, that's just that's depressing. I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing. And I know he's rumored to going back to my Patriots, man. I don't think we need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, but um, like the brace on, well, how many games did he miss again? Two games this year. So he did miss one and then he was kind of injured for one too. So there is some you can take away from, from the less passing yards as well there. Yeah. We'll call that 400 yard games each. So just a thousand yeah. less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, oh, he, so he's listed at six foot uh, 195. I've heard speculation that he's shorter than that. We'll have to wait and see. I think, I think he's shorter than that personally. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he's the most pro ready out of this group. Uh, so that's, that's one thing, but, um, no, I think he's got great ball placement. He uses his legs. Well, he knows how to extend the play. So it's one of those quarterbacks that if he goes to like, like imagine Seattle with Russ Wilson, like they didn't, they never needed to upgrade their O-line because Russ could extend the play. So I think Bryce, Bryce Young going to like the Texans, which I've seen him get mocked to like, I think that's okay. Cause he can extend the play. And, and make it work and stuff like that. And he'll be reunited with John Mechie, his college college teammate, and we'll see how that goes. But anyway, I, I love his ball placement. I love his mobility. Um, I think he's great instincts and stuff like that. I think he has everything of a great quarterback except for the size. Um, do you have anything, anything to say about Bryce Young? Yeah, like for me, I think he's probably the mo- – I mean, I'll start off by saying that C.J. Stroud is still my quarterback one, but these guys are both in a tier together. I still think he's a really impressive quarterback. To me, I think he's probably the most impressive quarterback in this class in terms of arm talent and precision. But, you know, not less high arm throws and all that stuff, but how he can throw the ball and the precision he has with it, the ball placement like you were mentioning. I mean, you could see in that end zone throw. I think it was to Brooks last game or, or the, the the anticipation he had to put it there, like trust that he was going to go to that spot, the accuracy he displays. I mean, it's really impressive overall. Like, like he blew me away that can you put on a showcase, which is exactly what you want to do heading into the NFL draft. He can move around the pocket really well, um, has some mobility, but almost never runs unless he needs to, which is nice to see constantly keeping his eyes downfield. Um, you know, kind of like how, like you, you were talking about the Texans, kind of like how Deshaun Watson used to do there for so many years was continually scramble out of the pocket and try to find something downfield. That's, that's what this type of guy is. So um, the wide receiver core was kind of lacking, talented i guess i mean it's a talented group though i mean let's not say you mean these are high-end four-star guys five-star guys they're just young they're, they had some time to kind of they, they need some time to kind of get into the spotlight i guess a little bit be more prepared for it they're a little bit inconsistent they're a little bit streaky which was kind of what led to a lot of the less passing yards this year as well and like you said the biggest question people are going to have is about the size being sub 200 um you know the, the history in the nfl tesla tells us that that 200 pound like shorter than that 200 pound barrier is it doesn't see a lot of success in the NFL. So it's going to be a question that a lot of people are going to have, but this is a, a tremendously high character guy by all accounts. Um, and he's probably going to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. I, if he isn't, I'm with you. It's going to be size related too, but yeah, yeah. I do love his patience and stuff like that. And I'm wondering if he even goes to the combine. Cause I don't think he's going to, you know, he doesn't need perform, to perform well. Yeah, yeah. I hope he just doesn't like, he just doesn't show up. Cause I think, not that he lose much money, but I feel like he probably saved some money by not going because he's not going to measure out well. He's just not. No, exactly. And then you'll just get everybody asking questions, you know, the hand size or the, the, <laughs> yeah. the size, whatever. Let people guess. I mean, whatever. Maybe you tell people you're 200 pounds and that's it. Nobody will ever know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six foot, man. Just show them your, your Tinder profile. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
All right, let's uh, let's get into these bowl games, right? So, uh, bowl games these last couple of years, you always see a couple of breakout performances. Um, yeah, I know like Marvin Harrison Jr. had his breakout performance during a bowl game. Josh Downs had his breakout performance during a bowl game. Lorenzo Styles has, and I'm back in on Lorenzo Styles. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway, we've had bowl game breakouts before. We're just gonna go through each one, maybe just mention a few, but uh, we're just gonna talk about some Debbie players in, in the bowl games, how they perform. Um, and let's let's start off. By talking about CJ Stroud, we just kind of brought him up. The Chick-fil-A Bowl, Georgia versus Ohio State, which was an amazing game. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud had his best game, man. I, I know with Justin Fields going to the NFL, um, he wasn't much of a, a rusher. So I know in my eval for him, when he like ran like a 440, I'm like, why would I care if he doesn't actually ever use it? Uh, but now we're seeing that. We're seeing him use that skill set. So I, I actually loved seeing CJ Stroud escape the pocket, getting those yards on his legs. He was looking he looked great. I mean, he really did. I, I now I am more on like, okay, now that I've seen CJ Stroud do this, now I'm questioning maybe he should be the QB one. But we've just seen him work consistently from Bryce Young. But again, the best game I've seen him play. Yeah, I know a lot of people are going to have Bryce's QB one right now, but like the upside he showed here today is exactly why. He he is my quarterback one. I mean, played against one of the toughest defenses in all college football, uh, handled the rush really well evaded guys in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield. You saw him going through his progressions too. He's, he's changing his position. He's trying to find which guy he's going to hit. I mean, it was, it was crazy. He brought out the legs, really opened up nicely on those strides as well. You saw the speed a little bit from him. You know, I don't think he's quick or anything like that, but when he opened those strides, he got downfield in a hurry, which was nice. Um, accurate all night. Even after Marvin Harrison went down, still was able to find guys like Ibuka to, to uh, get the ball down the field. He, he really put on a showcase. I mean, both these guys put on a clinic this weekend of what you want to do heading into the NFL draft. I, I wanted to see one of the receivers step up after Marvin Harrison went down. You know, like it, clearly it just it, they didn't though. But like, it, if you were a Julian Fleming fan, and I haven't I haven't heard one actually in a minute. But if there's still some out there <laughs> in the closet, that was like his time to to have some a handful of good plays in there. But I uh, didn't see it. Uh, let's go on to the running back competition now. I actually released my pre-draft running back rankings, and I was trying to get ahead of the curve. Of my, I am a Miami Williams fan. I, I, I'm surprised that Felix is the most vocal. And then when you hear him talk about draft capital, I'm actually in the same neighborhood, and I'm like, yeah, actually, I believe that. I think he's a early day three guy uh, with some upside. If he has a good landing spot. I really thought he would have had the bulk of the run here. Um, and he didn't. I don't know if you have any. Do you, do you know if there's any underlying reason why that is? Or I think he was a game time decision coming into the game, so he was uh, okay. nursing something. Yeah, so he wasn't a hundred percent thing. And yet, like I kind of see this thing with you guys and Felix. It's funny because in my notes I write that I think Mayan Williams' upside athletically is probably Ramondre Stevenson. And again, both you and Felix were two guys that were on the Ramondre Stevenson train. So maybe it's something I should take a little bit harder because I've never really been a Mayan guy as well. You know. Um, I, I worry about the juice as well. We saw him get carried down on that long run as well. Yeah. Uh, like Ramondre Stevenson, I think tested what a 4.6 something at his, at his pro day. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like the upside I would see for my, and I even, I even kind of think it's, it's a little bit lower, but uh, we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? I think maybe I got to take a harder look at him. You know, I, I, I respect what you guys are saying about him, but he's not really a guy I am on. I am more on the guy who did lead this running back room uh, in this bowl game, and that was Dallas Hayden, who I thought really looked – or Dallin Hayden, sorry, that looked really good at times this year. This guy was a true freshman. Um, we saw him get those two starts near the end of the season when Mayan and, and Travion were ailing as well. So I'm go over 100 yards in both games. Uh, had 142-yard three, uh, three touchdown effort against Maryland. Um, and this was a guy I thought we wouldn't, I wouldn't, I thought we wouldn't see much of. Uh, what's up? 
No, just the way you said Maryland. Just... Oh, sorry. Why? <laughs> what, 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 I, I pronounced Maryland wrong, too. I can't say anything. Uh, that's okay. Though. It's okay. That's why we love you. Okay. Um, all right. Sorry. Um, no, I, I like I like down Hayden there, too. I, I hit nine for 43, 4.8 yards per carry, which, again, it's Georgia. And that and that defense held everyone to under 30 points the entire season. I mean, it was a good performance. And I, I know I think everyone at Campus Kansas says this, but we were surprised at his involvement as a freshman because we thought he would just be so buried in depth. So – um, I do yeah, like that call there. It, it goes to show you that like sometimes you can bet on the talent because I think some people at CDC did like his his talent profile as well. When we looked at him as a recruit, we liked what we saw. Just it was so loaded. You had Evan Pryor there as well, who, who ended up getting injured earlier in the year. It looked like he was going to be a big part of it. Um, and then Mayan and Travion going down, like, and then he gets his chance and looks good doing it. So now, like, I've I'm, I've raised him up pretty good in my ranking. So um, yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be a riser for a lot of people. Yeah, let's go to the Georgia side. Let's talk about their running back, Kenny McIntosh. Uh, I, I think there's some debate on Twitter talking about how good of a runner he is. I've been pretty vocal on not believing him much as a runner, but a, like a superb pass catcher. Uh, but I actually thought he looked pretty good as a runner in this game. It is Ohio State's defense. So I'm not sure how much to um, really be giving him that many props. But uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Kenny McIntosh as a runner, not a pass catcher. Yeah, we've talked about it a couple times on the shows in the previous past that he he has kind of struggled between the tackles. We've noticed a little bit, at least at, at times, especially once the conference play picked up. Um, this guy who brings pretty good size to the table. I do wonder about pure speed with him. We did see him break away, get, get tackled by the turf monster, unfortunately, this past weekend. Yeah, uh, but this <laughs> but this was a guy who tested uh, a 4.88 as a recruit, right? Like that's slow and like a really, really ugly 4.7 shuttle time as well. So I don't think he looks like that on the field. But I wonder how much that's improved from there. I wonder if he's more of a four six guy or something like that. Doesn't I don't really know if we've ever seen him be really shifty in the open field or wow us with any change of direction as well either, right? It's like so to me, I kind of think he's a solid back. Probably going to slot in as like an, an NFL team's running back too. Or you know, I think that's his upside. Be a guy who can like reliably turn to when you got to spell your main runner. A guy who can who can catch the ball as well. But I'm not sure if I see starting material for Kenny McIntosh in the NFL. I don't know if he's a good enough runner that if the main running back in the NFL goes down, that they give him the full workload. I think he just kind of slides into like a plus committee role. Like you just give, yeah. they give him a little bit more carries. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm with you there. Uh, he's five for 70. This, this uh, game had one big run down the middle. Um, but yeah, so Kenny McIntosh, I think I'm in on a pass catcher. And I'm still not there as a runner. I'm not nearly as high as um, some other people. Now I want to talk about Kendall Milton too, man. So I, I, I think, I think he's been kind of dead to me for a while. I don't know if I'm alone. No one's saying it. So I'm kind of like, dude, are we just all just, you know, <laughs> quiet about it? Or like, are we going to acknowledge this elephant or what? You know, I, I, yeah, I get, I get that. Um, and he's fallen into like a third down, a third running back role here now to behind Dejan Edwards. And I, I'm obviously I'm guessing he's going to return as well, which is, you know, uh, which is what yeah, I think yeah, all of us announced his return. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, which is why I think none of us are really even thinking about him for this rookie class either or talking about him. We're kind of like just waiting to see if he can bounce back next year. But given like where some of us had him, including myself, I was a too high on him this guy again though it's just a lot of nagging injuries and anytime he gets anything going for him he fought he gets injured or, or then he has an unproductive game and it's like everything nothing works out for this guy and i'm just like i'm ready to be off this train as well if he if he ends up being something like good for him i think he has it in him 
but I'm ready to be off this, this train because I'm tired of making excuses for him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's lost volume as the year going on, but um has actually been efficient. So it's, yeah, yeah, there is. I do. I still do see the burst there and stuff at times too. I do. Like, I know yeah. he doesn't have the long speed. I, I feel like I see that skill that I, that I fell in love with, but I just don't know how I can make more excuses for the guy. He could be pushed up rankings just because it's not. It's a thinner group next year. I could see that happening. Yeah, a little bit of spring hype or something like that. As yeah, we sit here and we're like scratching our heads, like who's like RB six and seven in the class, and he's like default into that group. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next one. Let's talk about the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, TCU versus Michigan. I, I want to talk about some lower name guys here. Jordan Hudson. I actually don't even have him in rankings, man. Yeah. I went. I went back to go do my rankings, and and he got some good run in the game. Like he's in the game. I just. Yeah. I don't know, man. Am I, am I, should I be including him in my rankings? Cause I, I just can't get over his low level of athletics. I can't get over Yeah. Uh, so I at least have him ranked. He's fairly low in my rankings like right, right now, okay. um, which is probably disrespectful at this point. It's probably somewhere in the seventies or something like that, close to the 70 point, but I'll take a harder look at them. Um, we've been talking about uh, next episode. We might do a rankings episode. So I'll take a, I'll take a harder look at it and see. Um, he did break the year one zero barrier. So that's always something you like to see. That's something positive in his thing. You got Huge. the playing time that wasn't always necessarily looking like uh, that that team is going to turn to younger guys. You know, we, we had we had uh, hope for DJ Allen and like nobody else really got playing time as that kind of freshman, but he did. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's yeah. promising on his profile as well. Um, but, you know, the big thing, like, you, like we talked about, we have that 18 point. One mile per hour, eighteen point three mile per hour. Eighteen point four, yeah. Eighteen point four mile per hour time that we t- we timed on him, which is way below the threshold that we want. So there's there's an element here that you have to go against the analytics and kind of bet on the unicorn with the athleticism. But I think what he's done this year as a true freshman at least warrants a ranking spot, even if it's fairly low. Just throw him in there at the end, just so you can say you had him ranked if something happens. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go into the pass catchers on uh, Michigan side. Let's talk about Ronnie Bell. Uh, or you know, I'm gonna say this. You last last week you stated that you thought that a Michigan guy might be getting you know slide into like early day three or something like that draft capital wise. I, I'm asking you right now, is it Ronnie Bell? Because he had a great performance in this bowl game. I think it could be. I think it could be anybody. Like I like Ron. I like Ronnie Bell a little bit, but but to the way I've, I view Ronnie Bell is I picture him as like a wide receiver four, three on a team. Someone like Khalil Shakir is for the Buffalo Bills right now. I think he's a do-it-all guy that can do a lot of those things, but he's a fifth-year guy. He's battled some injuries, um, not very overly explosive or anything like that. I think he's going to be a good depth guy. Um, one guy that I think could get surprising capital here is Roman Wilson, the guy who had the big game uh, in this game. Uh, I can't remember who went. Five receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Also had one rush for 18 yards and another t- touchdown. Just, to, just a reminder that this is a guy who blazed 4.37 as a recruit, jumped 40 inches, and had a sub four second shuttle. So this guy, this is like, this is like department store brand Jalen Hyatt right here, right? And so he's he's probably gonna he's probably gonna blow up the combine. And I could see him, you know, especially with this bowl game, maybe sneaking into like that high day three range. One of these guys, I think Ronnie Bell probably has a senior bowl jump or whatever. But we'll see what happens. Roman, he'll be will be an early declare as well, Roman Wilson, if he does declare. Now talk to me about the guy throwing the ball to him. Oh yeah, you want me to talk about JJ McCarthy? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, talk about his dad. I'm pr- I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, he's spanking. He's spanking his girlfriend or something over there. Yeah, you know, I've I've been a little bit of a supporter of JJ McCarthy. Why are we worried about Keishawn Boutte when we got that going on in the stands? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he's uh, the, he he was getting a little closer. There's gonna be some awkward questions at dinner like next weekend. But um, yeah. I I really don't think JJ McCarthy was amazing this year. Also, I'll be the first to say that as somebody who was supporting uh, of the guy, um, he wasn't really asked to do much all the time as well. They had a great team who were relying on the rushing attack. Uh, didn't really hit the goals that I was hoping for for him. But I honestly did think he made some good plays in this game. At some points, you know what I mean? Made a couple of nice throws, made some boneheaded ones as well. He's he's a little bit of a gunslinger who doesn't necessarily read the field well all the time. Um, but I thought he was really impressive with his legs and vision as a runner, too. I'm surprised they weren't calling that a little bit earlier in the game, trying to open it up more with his legs, because he did really well with that when they started doing that more in the second half. So um, I think that's his best asset. I think I hope that he continues to develop as a passer. I'm definitely lower on him than I was, but I thought this performance was was okay. I'm pretty disappointed in the season, but there's interesting tools to work with there. So I'm just I'm just hoping maybe a coaching change if Jim Harbaugh's off the NFL, we'll see something better with JJ McCarthy next year. Yeah, it was his um, highest passing yards of the year too. I yeah, was I, I didn't feel like it watching it, but like when I saw the numbers, I was like, oh man. So. Uh, let's go on to our next bowl game here. We're going to talk about the – well, all right. Let's do a quick mention here on the Wasabi Family Bowl, Cincinnati, Louisville. I'm just, I'm just going to oh, go with you again. Yeah. I, uh, the only thing I wanted to mention with this game is that, you know, a lot of us had hopes for Evan Prater. Um, but, I mean, the red flag should have been when they brought in Bed Bryant uh, back. They, they pulled him back from freaking – I can't even remember where he was. That's some G5 school, pretty low G5 school. They pulled him back after a bad year over there, told him to be the starter because they just weren't like what they were seeing with Evan Prater, I guess. And I'm just here to tell you that the guy's dead to me. I'm sorry I pushed him in the offseason because I, I just thought he was going to be a perfect replacement for Ritter, like with the legs and everything like that. He was going to be a good guy to, to go after. But uh, I'm done. He's dead to me. Yeah, I think I think he came from Eastern Michigan, Ben Bryant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's continue the. Well, let, let's end the Corey apology tour. Let's go on to the distribution bowl, Florida versus Oregon State. I just want to mention this: Caleb Douglas was a back end four star. He's been pretty consistent, which isn't like not at a high level. He's catching like three balls for thirty yards, like the last like five yeah. or six games. There is no Debbie asset on this uh, receiving core um, right now at all. But if there was one, it would be him. And, and I'm, I'm saying that, like, it's a long shot. Like, when we go to do the Devi guide, I'll probably bring up his name. And if the guys want to accept him, I guarantee he's going to be like a tier seven type of guy. But uh, I just want to bring hey, up We, we had Troy Amiri in there. He could, he could fit in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I did want to mention Caleb Douglas. There's that. And I, I also want to bring up the backfield of Florida here. Uh, Montreal Johnson versus Trevor Etienne. I think both these guys – are kind of cannibalizing each other. I think they're both good talents. I just don't think uh, they belong on the same team. Similar to the Nick Singleton, Catron Allen story, where we kind of like wish they could be on different teams to showcase them. And Corey, I just want to know if after this performance, if you if end of year, if you got one guy you prefer over the other. Yeah, I'd say that this is a pretty lousy game, so it's hard to take anything away from this game. Yeah. Um, I was a little bit more in on Montreal Johnson at the beginning of the season, followed his former coach over. Um, surprisingly enough, he essentially like matched his freshman production, which isn't bad. Uh, bring some good size to the table. But I think that I'm more on the side of Etienne, Trevor Etienne now, true freshman over there, who I wasn't in on as much. But, you know, I thought he would have kind of a weird transition to the college game. His use kind of weird in high school. Um, but he kind of really broke out. He looked better as a rusher than I was expecting. He was more efficient this year as well. Um, we know he has that pass catching uh, prowess from high school as well. Um, showed a little bit of it this year. Did it as a freshman in the SEC. So for now, I, I'm sitting with Etienne over Johnson just because I think it's more impressive what he's done at this level already did you're right he actually rotated his performance from last year i didn't even realize yeah that. Like almost yeah. to the t yeah 41 yeah. rushing yards 
uh, with a few less carries, 10 touchdowns, credit 12, one fumble each year. Uh, his missed tackles forced increased, though, by, by 12 with uh, less attempts. To, anyway, and that's going from G5 to P5. So now I'm making you feel a little better about Montreal Johnson. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he definitely he definitely disappeared the last three games here. Um, I'm still in, but I'm not nearly as in as I used to be. I do remember preseason I had him ranked RB17, which was definitely ranking at what probably was his peak. I have to check now where he is. I did redo my rankings for everyone listening. My rankings are up to date as of like two days ago. So you can check them out online at campuscan.com. But uh, I do like both these guys. I think both these guys are inside my top like 40. Uh, let's go over to the other backfield. Damian Martinez, we are big fans of. I think mm-hmm. I for for Debbie. I definitely have him ranked pretty high for Debbie. Um, but he got, he got hurt this game. Uh, so if you guys are like just looking at the box scores and checking out who did what, uh, Damian Martinez exited. Was it the first quarter? Yeah, he only had like three carries. I think he got a yeah. stinger, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, something like that. So yeah. What do you mean by stinger? I don't know. The, they, that's what they that's what they call them. Was the freaking stingers? I don't know. They where their arm guts. You know what I mean? I don't. I've never had one. I've never had. So I don't know what it is. But you've never heard of a stinger before? <laughs> no, no, no. Only no. the missiles for the military. Look, look it up. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I hope you don't put me on any lists, but I'll check it out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I do need to do my apology here. I'm going to do a brief mention of the New Mexico Bowl, SMU versus BYU. Uh, well, I guess it shouldn't be an apology. But look, SMU is leaving. Right, Rashi Rice is gone, and, and Tanner Mordecai is gone. So I, I don't know how good – I shouldn't say I don't know, but I'm not confident Preston Stone is as good as a passer as Mordecai is as far as uh, volume goes and all that stuff. I don't know he's going to replicate those numbers for them. But we're looking for the next SMU wide receiver. That's what I was looking forward to in this game. Uh, no one really jumped off the page there, like at all. And Dylan Goffney got hurt the week before, so we didn't get to see him play because I was really looking at Dylan Goffney because everyone knows I've been hyping him up in the offseason. He definitely did a lot less this season than I thought he was going to be. Um, so I'm not apologizing for Dylan Goffney, but I, uh, I am definitely uh, wavering on my take for sure. But we'll have to wait till next year. I mean, it's going to be a very new thing, though, because Sunny Dykes is gone. And now Mordecai is gone. So it's going to be uh, not st- not like the variables around him aren't trending in the positive direction. So that was my quick mention on that. Let's go to the Radiance Technology Bowl. That was UL versus Houston. And, uh, Corey, I'm going to be straight with you here. With the lack of QBs coming out, man, I think I think Clayton Tune is going to end up my QB5 in the class. Senior Bowl invite. Uh, just like last year, really slow start, and then he just clicks like halfway through the season and just starts having some be like more fun tape. Uh, so, any takes on Clayton Tune here or or anybody on the field? Yeah, I've taken a couple looks at him. I even took a couple looks at him today just because I, I took a close look at him in this game as well, um, just to see. He, he doesn't get many snaps under center like a lot of college quarterbacks. Fairly clean mechanically, at the, uh, I thought, stepped into his throws, fairly nice release. I think my biggest concern watching him, at least from like a very analytical, like analyzing him, I mean, uh, very closely, I didn't see him going through a lot of progressions. Um, it doesn't seem like his head moves away from that first read very much, at least from the broadcast views. Um, I'll have to see on the all 22 if it looks a little bit different there. It looked like he started to become a little bit frantic once that option went away as well, you know, opting to run, pick up what he could in those situations, which he does bring uh, to the position, a little bit of that functional athleticism, bring some good size to the position as well. Um, the arm strength may be a little bit, a lot more touch than drive from what I expected when I was watching him. So, um, you know, I'm not too sure about what his NFL future could be. A quarterback five isn't a ringing endorsement in this class anyway, so I'm fine with with you ranking him there. I'm not yeah, sure back, where I'm backup level. Yeah, back exactly. Level. I'm not, I'm not sure where I'm there as well. I, I agree with you. Probably not NFL starting material, but somebody who could could potentially be a backup at the NFL. 
Yeah, and then I thought we'd see a lot more Matthew Gold than we did. I thought he would have been a, a slam dunk breakout performance. He's he's had like I think he's had like two hundred yard performance the last four yeah, games. I, but I think we were banking on Nathaniel Dell not playing in this game too, and he actually played in this game, which. You know, I, I thought Golden would have been the number one right receiver. So um, I, I, I I guess I, you know, that's probably why we didn't get to see as much as we would have hoped. But I mean, to me, this guy's still like a screaming buy in this game or in the offseason for me. Yeah, 100 percent. And Diamond Green's going to throw to him next year. I'm not really sure I feel about that. But like, you know, <laughs> um, let's go on to the next bowl game here. Let's talk about let's talk about the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. I hope I got that I'm right. Glad Wake Forest. I'm glad you Wake, said it. <laughs> Wake Forest versus Missouri, right? Uh, nothing really to say about the Wake Forest side here. Um, but for Missouri, this is Luther Burden's first game without Dominic Lovett. And we thought mm. that he would step up. And I think in a way he did step up a little bit. But I, I want him to take control of the whole backfield. He is the number one wide receiver, has a certain skill set. Uh, this isn't – I'm not saying I'm disappointed, but I'm not. I'm not proud. No, I mean, it's 12 targets. I think it's probably the most targets he's gotten in this whole game. Looked pretty, or in this whole season, looked pretty good at times. He had that first catch of the day I saw, made th- like three guys miss, pick up the first down. That's, that's kind of the skill set that they've been using him as. I just wish that he was getting more targets down the field. Like they seem to have like pigeonholed him into this, like get him the ball in space and let him do what he does, which he's great at, which is fine, which is good. But I just I want to see more from him, develop him a little bit further. Hopefully we get to see that a little bit next year. I just... There, there's part of me that worries, like still my still my 2026 uh, wide receiver one or 25. Um, I just don't know. Uh, I just hope that we don't end up with another Raheem Jarrett situation where we never get the production we hope for, but it's just like this athlete that we're super excited about. And then we're questioning it by the time the draft comes around. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. I really do. And it's just, I mean, he, he's been used, he's got like five touchdowns here the last like three weeks. I don't know. So I'm, I guess, yeah. Man, I'm just tongue-tied here. I I do wish we see more out of him. I wish I think you know that we we wish we see more development out of him. Uh, he's still in my tier one, by the way. I think I think I might be moving him off my wire tier one, but he's not exiting my top four, my top three. In favor of who? I'm a big Antonio Williams fan. I do. I I just talked to you pre-show about it, saying that I could see him ending up being the wire tier one in the class when everything's all said and done. Years maybe from Barry now. and Brown, maybe Barry and Brown's in there, and then Evan Stewart. But I think Evan Stewart's kind yeah. of just pigeonholing my wire receiver four, but. Those are my four guys right there. Gotcha. So let's let's move on to the guaranteed rate bowl, which is Wisconsin versus Oregon State. Now let's talk about Ollie Gordon, man. Ollie Gordon, we talked about him, uh, I want to say last week or a few weeks ago, uh, but finally got a serious amount of uh, touches here and didn't really do much with them. Um, but I love seeing that. What do you think about Ollie Gordon here? Yeah, well, I mean, this wasn't the most touches he's gotten. You got the more in the last game, I believe. This one just didn't really go his way, I guess. You know, I I like him a lot. There is Sean Tyler coming in from Western Michigan, I believe, the running back there. Gone over 1,000 yards past uh, back-to-back seasons. Smaller guy listed at 5'8", 185. So there is some question there between the two of them, who's going to be the guy. We obviously like Ollie Gordon a lot more at CDC. We liked him as a freshman. Um, guy, great size, uh, good hands. Maybe worried about his athleticism a little bit. The, the, the thing that I worry about, you know, we like the size and stuff, but, but Gundy has proven that he doesn't care about the size, right? If we go a few years back to Justice Hill, who was over there, rode him into the ground pretty hard. Tyler comes in with some pretty good experience as well. Um, so it, it's 
going to be interesting to see there how, how it breaks out. I'm hoping that it's Ollie, Gar- uh, Ollie Gordon. Um, the jump up from G5 doesn't always work out for everybody. We see some cases it does. We see some cases it doesn't. So maybe it might not work out as well as, as people are hoping for Sean Tyler. But I'm hoping Gordon walks in the door as as part of the competition, at least, to be running back one. Um, just, you know, and in this day, day and age in the transfer portal, like that's that's kind of all you can hope for sometimes. Yeah, Gordon last three games, 10, 17, and 14 rushing attempts were his uh his um his rise, I guess. Yeah. But it hasn't really done much. He just hasn't been efficient. Like he had one game with West Virginia, it's West Virginia. And then yeah. against a like an FCS team way early on in the year. But it, it's uh I just I don't know, man. As a runner, I'm not in. I, I guess I'm fading on him. I wasn't really huge in on him, but uh yeah. We'll, we'll wait till next year. But I think I think uh you kind of got it right there with like Sean Tyler might might overtake him. Might do a little bit more than we want him to do. Yeah. Let's talk about Stephen Stephen Johnson, right? So obviously the freshman that we all liked early in the year, Taylor Shetron, did not beat the year one zero. We didn't think he was, but this just solidifies it. But Stephen Johnson gets a one long ball, one catch for eighty four yards. Uh, I know I talked to Alfred about him because Alfred's one of our recruiting guys. He was a guy that I didn't check look into at all uh, before this season. Um, Alfred did. Alfred actually had him ranked, by the way, like higher than his composite score so that was kind of you know good for him not that high though but anyway <laughs> should, should we I, i'm asking you like should this guy be on our radar because i i do rank him but I, just like how you talk about jordan hudson earlier he's in the back yeah i don't rank him as much because i don't think the snap count has been there like jordan's has been there right if i if i'm not mistaken about that when i was looking at that a little bit earlier this is the guy who's made his living on like the one big play right he took like the screen screen i think it was to the house this past week it wasn't even a, do- a long ball i think he just caught a screen and went through the whole defense which is kind of nice to see too um only appeared in seven games seven or eight games this year um if i remember correctly um you know Oklahoma state has brought some productive wide receivers in the past, probably better for like CFF purposes and like our purposes. I'm trying to think of like the last one who really like, what are we looking at here? Like Des Bryant. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that, is that the last one probably like of uh, last one really made a difference at, at Oklahoma state. So like, uh, where did, uh, where did Tyler Wallace go to? He, he went go? there, but he didn't, he hasn't done anything at the NFL. Oh, level. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what he I mean? Was, like, yeah. He was supposed so to be. Yeah, supposed to be. So I didn't really include him in that conversation, in that, in that, in that bucket, I guess. But yeah, I mean, he's a guy we can definitely keep looking. I don't have him personally ranked right now, but definitely a guy to, to at least throw on your on your watch list and see what happens at least going into next year. I think he's gonna be a guy I'm targeting supplemental drafts, not early, but like I, I'm intrigued enough. Eighteen like for two ninety-eight. Yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Corey's right. He, he was in nine games. If you include this, if you include this bowl game, um, only twelve snaps though. Uh, he he yeah. does have three games over thirty snaps, but it's been up and down, not consistent. So maybe it's like kind of like injury dependent, like Jaden Bray is not playing or I know all those guys are hurt in that wide receiver court, except for Brandon Presley. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but definitely I'm watching though. He's definitely on my radar and I want to get a price check on Braylon Allen. Yeah. I'm still going to Braylon Allen. I mean, I've dropped him behind rocket at the very least. Um, okay. But he's also been playing through some injuries this year. Um, he's getting worked on on the sidelines in between drives a little bit late in the in the season there. You know, it was a nice show of toughness for him. So I don't want to put too much on him for that. I like to see that he was at least playing uh, playing through that. Still put up fairly productive stat lines. Uh, a little bit more receiving game as well this year. So I'm still holding strong. Still a top three to four back in this class, in the 2024 class for me. I, I'm, I'm fading a little bit. Like, not just because... So, like, we, we talk about projecting if he's going to be good at the NFL or not. And mm-hmm. if you look at I, – I like to use I like to use metrics, too. Like, I like to use analytics plus film. 
or whatever. And then I try to like actually put the analytics portion in thresholds. And if you look at thresholds of running back sub 5% reception market share, uh, there's only been like three or four that have been relevant. I know Nick Chubb and like Derrick Henry are in that list. And I don't know if he's a Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry level rusher. And so I'm a little concerned about him at the next level, more of like an AJ Dillon, uh, mm-hmm. which is, but AJ Dillon has better hands. So like, I don't know. Do I want AJ Dillon? With but but hands? didn't, but didn't at all in his profile heading into the NFL draft. Nobody knew. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's he's a decent pass catcher in the NFL. So th- that, that tends to happen sometimes. And Wisconsin really doesn't throw to their backs very much. You know what I mean? So it's a hard thing to quantify, really, I guess. But I do I do get what you're saying, of course, from the analytical perspective. He's he's going to be a unicorn in a lot of ways because he's not going to – he's not your typical running back in general. Even his body type is everything. He's more on like that Derrick Henry spectrum. Like, But Derrick Henry's a freak. Can we get another Derrick Henry in the NFL? I don't know if that's possible. You know, AJ Dillon right. is probably the closest thing we've had to that. But again, he's not six three and whatever. He's still your typical running back size at six foot, even though he's two forty five or whatever. But yeah, yeah we, we've I talked we, we've talked about prospects like Ramondre losing weight and becoming a much better athlete. I'm still in that boat for Braylon Allen that if he loses if he drops like ten pounds, I think I like him a lot more as a runner. Yeah, and he seems to have more burst than I gave him credit for at times. Like early on in his career when he was first converting to a running back, now he's getting more comfortable. There seems to be a little bit more burst there um, than I gave him credit for. So, yeah, I'm hopeful to see what happens with him. I still think he's going to be very, like, people are going to have, like, like starry eyes at him. You know what I mean? They're going to be oh, this big, like, like next Derrick Henry in the NFL. You know what I mean? He's going to have that intro. Right. And let's go over to the next bowl. Let's talk about the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Uh, Kansas versus Arkansas. I actually want to throw this to you right away because I know you're more of the Devin Neal guy than me, and I want to ask you what happened there because I, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that they were just chasing. I think Arkansas got up quick in this game, so I think they were chasing a lot of the time. Devin Neal just kind of got worked out of it. He's gotten worked out of the games a couple times uh, down uh, throughout this season as well, but he's had some big games as well. It's, it's kind of weird playing with, with Kansas. They've had, they've been streaky at times. They've been really good in the beginning when Jalen Daniels was going off, he went down. They kind of took a step back. We're chasing in some games. He wasn't as effective. So um, I currently have him as RB 18, um, which I feel is like a, a good spot, probably like tier three, maybe four. I don't have my rankings like perfectly tiered at this time. Had some promising moments this year, you know, um, but but yeah, someone that I still want to see a little bit more from. I'd love to see him take that full role and really be like that guy every freaking game or whatever. But I've seen enough flashes that I'm still in here. I do just want to say I thought quarterback Jalen Daniels looked looked really fun in this game. Um, like I've said before, reminds me of Tyrod Taylor, which I still think is a compliment. I know it's going to turn some people off. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I still think he's a guy who has some upside at the next level. As You, you know, Tyrod has started for a lot of teams, has a similar skill set. I don't know if he's ever going to be a, a high-end guy at the next level, but I, I think something's there. Something intrigues me every time I watch that guy. Do you think that Devin Neal should hit the transfer portal? Because we both want him to see him get more workload than he's getting there. I do, I do, but I think there's some Kansas ties there, if I'm not mistaken. That he wanted to be near home or something like that, if I remember okay. correctly. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I think I think he's, he'll ride it out there and, and and figure it out. Yeah, I just checked my rankings too. He's my RB21, so we're in the same neighborhood. Yeah, we're in the same close. We're we're, we're close. Uh, did you want to give your quick shout out? Oh right, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. I did have a, a quick 
the true freshman uh, breakout here in Arkansas's running back, Rashad Dominion, got some more playing time this week as Rocket uh, uh, Sanders left with an injury. He actually became the main runner over A.J. Green, who a lot of us actually liked in the past. Um, this was a guy I didn't really look at very hard originally. Came in as a 185-pound four-star athlete. Wasn't even a running back when he first committed. But I noticed he's actually listed at 5'11", 211 pounds. I'm not even sure when that happened, um, but that's what he's listed at for Arkansas right now. It was his first game over eight carries uh, it, this year uh, in total. Went 20 for 112 yards, two touchdowns, and at three receptions for another 19 yards. You know, he's someone I'm at least going to be throwing on the radar as a potential like backfield mate to Raheem next year, or maybe his successor in, in 2025. So we'll see what happens. Here. Did you say how – did I miss how big he was? Did you say that? 5'11", 211 pounds. Oh yeah, like that. We like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we like them thick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go over to the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. They got to cut that down. There should be a yeah. there should be a law against seven. Words How long it has game. to be? Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> cut it down to five. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, San Diego Credit Union County Holiday Bowl, Oregon versus North Carolina. Uh, I didn't notice I looked this up. By the way, do you know that Drake May is a leading rusher for UNC? I didn't actually know that either, but I guess it doesn't make sense. They've been rotating a lot back there. In that yeah, back but there like, I mean, it's like 600 yards. Like, it wasn't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you really uh, want to fade uh, Petaway and Hampton. I'm pretty sure I did actually when I saw that. I was like, I got to fade these guys. Yeah. I've been fading Hampton a little bit throughout the entire season. Like, ever since that for that hot start, it kind of felt like maybe there was a sell window there. Because there, there was a couple of teams I did have him on, and I should have sold him when I had the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, he's kind of uh, faded into nothing now. Not nothing, yeah, so- I guess. Not nothing, but yeah. We'll talk about when we get into recruiting, but I am excited about the three-star they're bringing in. But, yeah, all right. So, anyways, I had to get that out of the way. I do want to talk about Bucky Irving, running back for Oregon. We haven't talked about him bet this year. He's been ultra-productive. I want to say he's a, a second-year player, too. He's not a third-year. He's a second-year player. Um, he's smaller, though, 5'11", 195. This is a guy I could see me and you talking about next year, talking about being uh, in that tier that we're talking about, you know, Kenny McIntosh, Deuce Vaughn, like Devin Achain, where we're, like, talking about these guys are – smaller but extremely dynamic and have a role and like a pass catching change of pace type of role at the nfl level because we haven't talked about bucky at all yet no he was like this this weird guy because um i remember him from from minnesota um he didn't get any run in minnesota till mo ibrahim went down from the achilles then it went to trace and potts and he went down with that mysterious injury and then he was actually even outproduced by kai thomas who went over to uh iowa state there i mean not sorry um went over to kansas uh over there um and then irving came over here to oregon so i I wasn't really excited about him he was like oh fourth guy in the pecking order minnesota they didn't see enough over there wasn't wasn't like overly productive but i mean he's really developed like through the midway point here has some uh through the midway point of the season all the way to the end here has some receiving chops as well like you said a little bit small um he could he's kind of close to like that that threshold we'd like to see that 200 205 so he could get up there i currently don't have him ranked and that's because i feel like i need to get a better look at him i want to like take a look at least from the broadcast views until the all 22 starts coming out and get a better look at this guy and see um where i could place him in at least you know this week going into our rankings update next week um as far as devy value i am skeptical there's anything like like overly here to buy into but i still think it's noteworthy nonetheless i mean we saw like travis die and everything go be really well for this team um last year as well i still don't think that like he's promised anything at the next level either you know maybe it's a system thing maybe it's whatever i'm just not sure i'm I'm fully invested in this yet okay well 
I think I'm in on him being a pass catching back at the next level. But uh, yeah, let's let's go on to uh, another running back in that backfield, Jordan James. He was three for twenty-seven and zero. His yearly line was forty-six rushing attempts, one hundred and eighty-nine yards, so not great, and five rushing touchdowns, though, which is pretty high for that for a true freshman. He was initially committed to Georgia, decommitted when they got Andrew Paul came over to Oregon. Thinner depth chart, I kind of get that, um, but he's getting some run here, and I I just wonder pull that out there because he we liked we liked him as a as a prospect i'm not really sure where he was in the freshman year off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure it's probably like tier four tier three but he was he was on everybody's radar good size we love the georgia like he was scouted to be a, a quality back um any thoughts on jordan jordan james moving forward yeah i mean I'm, i feel like we don't really get enough to get a full evaluation on him uh only appeared in five games this year uh, only received more than three carries on two of those occasions. So it's kind of hard to get a, a good look at him. The, the yards per carry doesn't inspire confidence, I guess, 4.1. But he is a bigger back. I'd have to go and, you know, you know, watch the game, see if maybe he was being brought in in those shorter yardage situations. Sometimes where they want to get a little bit more of a push. Sometimes the yards per carry can look lower because of that. It's not a great it's not a great set stat to hang your hat on, by the way, people. Yards per carry. There's a lot of reasons why yard per carry is, is all over the place. Um, and uh, it, it requires some context, not just looking at that raw number. And this could be one of those cases where maybe they were looking at him more in short yardage situations or whatever. But, you know, he's still a guy that we were we were excited about. Irving probably returns next year, which kind of puts a damper on getting a little bit more of a bigger role. Um, but we'll kind of see what, what happens with him. He's I think he certainly hasn't done enough to lower any excitement we probably had for him. Yeah, yeah. So he's just kind of holding. But he, he's, on, he's on the radar. He's on the radar. Yeah. yeah. It's a good way of putting uh, it. Let's go over to the bad boy mowers pinstripe bowl, which, by the way, I don't know if you watched this game, but they had a DJ on a lower mower in the corner. And it was kind of, really? it was kind of lit. It was ridiculous. I, uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome. I watched, I watched bits and pieces of this game because my guy, my guy that I liked from, uh, from the beginning of the season, the Quint Allen, was finally going to start in place of Sean Tucker here uh this is the guy that i've been talking about uh, a little bit ever since he was listed as a uh, running back two as a true freshman entering the season i was you know he had a little bit of buzz in the offseason but when i saw that on the depth chart already i was like well he's really made his way at least even to running back two already you know and um he didn't do a lot this year. They use him in the passing game a little bit. He actually threw like three passes this year uh, in this through in the spring as well. Had a few big rushing performances as well in, in mop up duty and a, a couple of big plays here and there, but didn't really get a lot of work. Finally gets a shot here over 150 scrimmage yards, uh, over 10 receptions in this game, which is just like crazy for a running back. Really? I, I, um, I think I actually own him in the, in the CGC versus NIL league. I drafted him early there. So I'm really excited to see if he can be my running back over there. He gives me some Rashad white vibes. Uh, another guy who was kind of lean, uh, six foot, 195 is LaQuint Allen. That was kind of the same size Rashad was in when he came from Juco, uh, at that thinner size. So I'm hoping that he can kind of put on the pounds like Rashad did. And I, I see some similarities there. I hope he has a similar fate, uh, as Rashad did heading into the NFL draft. 19 targets over the final three games. Gotta love that. And he was pretty efficient too, as a runner, 15 for 94, uh, one fumble, but whatever, Minnesota. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that a lot, too. I mean, I, I was watching that game, by the way, and I was not paying attention to the running back at all. When you said the Quint Allen in the chat, I was like, oh, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really caught me off guard. I was looking at um, the quarterback over from Minnesota, the Athen uh, – uh, we'll just call him the Greek rifle. That's his name. <laughs> I can't say that last name. No, uh, I'm not I was hoping they're going to open up the playbook because I am excited about the transfers coming in next year. And he looked, I thought, 
pretty good. Uh, seven for nine for like 80 yards uh, before he got hurt with injury in the second quarter. Um, but I thought he was going to be on the road for maybe 250 passing yards. But I, I thought – I think he gives them a, a better passing attack than Tanner Morgan does. So I was kind of excited about that. Now, I do want to talk about the Minnesota running back role next year because Mo Ibrahim will be gone. He's a sixth year. He's going to the draft. Uh, he thinks he is at least. But maybe maybe he's going to the draft. Um do you have any idea who's next here? Yeah, like I think probably the one people most people are lining up for, if he returns as well, because I think he's already fourth year, or this might have been his fourth year, might have been his fifth year return if Trey Potts decides to return for this year. And I think we're excited for like CFF purposes. Um, I do remember last time when when Ibrahim suffered the injury, uh, the Achilles injury, Potts took over, fairly productive in place of him. Um, and of course, he got his own mysterious injury. We still don't really even know what happens to that. He didn't actually look overly special this year when he came back from that mysterious injury as well. So I do wonder if there's a room for maybe uh, another guy like the true freshman over there. I know somebody in the chat was hyping him that he could potentially be an option next year. Maybe the staff really likes him. And that's the other Zach Evans, uh, who was a freshman in, in, in the past last year's class. So maybe he can push for some time this uh, this offseason as well. I'm not sure if it's decided, but it would look like it'd be Trace and Potts and not super interested in Trace and Potts. I'm not interested in anybody here either. If it would be, it would be Zach Evans, but still really not too much. He got one game in week 11, but didn't show up in this bowl game, so I was kind of surprised. Now let's talk about the Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma versus Florida State. Uh, by the way, did you did you see the the Cheez-Its Bowl uh, like hotel rooms they gave some of the players? No, I did not. No, it was ridiculous. I'm gonna show you it later. It was. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was it was goofy, but like really funny. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> lot to talk about here. I want to talk about the uh, Florida State side first. Talk about Jordan Travis uh, as a quarterback. Do you think he's a Debbie asset or just one of those college level dual threats? You know, not quite as dynamic as uh as the Jalen Hurts as the Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Like, do you think he's in that tier? Or do we think he's just a college quarterback? Yeah, like, is this guy more similar to like the Riley Leonard that we were just talking about, or is he more on like a different scale where we can see him towards that Debbie quarterback? I think the jury's still out for for me. Um, this is a six year quarterback at this point, although you know. We talk about it sometimes. I don't put a whole lot of analytics when it comes to quarterbacks. I don't care how long it really takes. They're just a different evaluation. You know what I mean? I have a hard evaluation. It's very hard to analyze quarterbacks properly. But we are looking at probably placing him in the 2024 class right now, which maybe could use a few names near near the end of that list. Um, probably somewhere where I would think about sliding him in. Not the most impressive recruiting profile. This is probably this was his first year starting. Um you know, he was battling injuries through most of his career. Um, definitely the dual threat, four games over 50 yards rushing. Um, it's going to be an interesting guy to watch here. You know, potential sleeper in the up, up, upcoming class, but probably someone that I need to watch a little more. And uh, I probably will watch a little bit more because of the next guy that you're about to mention. Yeah, and I, I am happy for Florida State fans because it's their football is finally exciting again after such a long drought. But let's talk about Trey Benson. Uh, he was not great this game. But as you mentioned pre and the beginning of the show, uh, Treshawn Ward is now transferring out. There's like a four man rotation there. At least we get some one guy gone. Um, yeah, now, me, me and you have talked a little bit about who's going to be the out of nowhere running back next year. And you were very early to stake your flag on Trey Benson. 
Yeah, and I, I'm not going to put too much on this game. He's he's had a fantastic season for the most part. Um, even take a look at PFF. PFF loves this kid. He's number one in their rushing grade. He's like number one in yards after contact, uh, high in a lot of the other metrics, like top six in a lot of metrics over there. So this guy has been really good, really efficient with not a lot of work as well. This was a guy who didn't get that many carries until like the third or fourth week of the season as well. So um, an asset in both rushing and receiving as well. I'm pretty excited about what 2023 is going to bring from, especially with Ward on the way out now. Like, I, I don't know. He, he, he he's going to be that sneaky, like the way Conjury Miller was for me this year. He that's, that's the level I, I appreciate him at. Like, I think he has top five potential in his class. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that too. I really do think it's the right call. I, I am with you. Week nine is when he went from seven touches to 18 touches. And uh, from week nine on, so, what was that five, six weeks? He had over four, four games over 100 yards rushing, and it looked great. Just not this last game, 13 for 25 yeah. against Oklahoma. We'll just throw understand. that one in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what happened there. But anyway, because um, there's, there's players opting out, right? They're going to the NFL, and they don't want to play in the bowl game. So uh, that was just a weird game. Now let's go to the other backfield on the Oklahoma side. And let's talk uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuck, both true freshmen. Javante Barnes. Uh, I don't know where you have him, man. He's been flirting with my, like, RB15 the whole, like, preseason, midseason. Um, I thought he looked pretty good here. And I just want to know your thoughts on uh, Javante first, and we'll get to Gavin later. Yeah, I actually have to go look. Um, but I did have him fairly high in my running back rankings as a, as a freshman, at least. I don't know where he is in my actual full rankings. I'll have to pull that up. But uh, for sake of this uh, this stream, I'm not going to try to hurt it. Hurt my internet connection by trying to pull up that big sheet right now. <laughs> um, it was nice to see that without Eric Gray and, and Marcus Major, that he was essentially the workhorse guy in this backfield. Um, a very good do-it-all player. Maybe doesn't have like the one elite trait, I would say, that you could like write home about, can do a little bit of everything. But this makes me feel good about his future going forward they clearly have a plan for this guy yeah 27 attempts one one 27 attempts 108 yards and one touchdown that is the most attempts on the year for him actually we're at 100 attempts there now let's go to gavin sawchuck he is the undersized running back uh that matt bruning was a fan of i'm pretty sure i just thought matt bruning's name for everyone got that small but i'm pretty sure matt bruning was a huge fan of gavin sawchuck he's like do you know what size of i want to say he's like 5'9 180 185, I believe. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He he looked great. He was dynamic. He got his first run of the, run of the year there. Uh, I'm not going to change my stance on small running backs. I, I don't think he's even a Devin chain level type of small running back. So, I, I'm I'm good. So, you too, Corey? Yeah, I mean, like, unless that number, like, like seriously comes up a little bit. Because once you're below 190, that's when I start to get a little bit worried that you're even going to reach the threshold that I want to see, which is, like, the 200, 205 mark. Um, and I get worried. You know, we've seen a lot of a, a lot of tests done, or a lot of, uh, sorry, uh, studies done on uh, recruitment ranking to the NFL draft and how much range of weight we can kind of expect to see. Generally, over all these, these, these studies that people have done, you can expect to see about 11 to 14 pounds for a guy who wants to gain some weight by the time he gets there. So once you're below that 190 range, like that, that's tough for me. So unless I see that come up considerably by the time next year, that's when I'll start taking him a little bit more seriously as a Devi asset. As a CFF asset, he could still be there. He could still be there for him. Right. I believe, now, correct me if I'm wrong, was he rumored preseason to be – a potential wide receiver switch during uh, camp, or am I making that up? That I'm not sure of. That you'd have to check with our man uh, Nate Marquise over there. Okay, it was either him yeah. or Rayleigh Brown at USC. I know it's one of the two of those guys because I, I think about them being the exact same player. Yeah, pretty much. That's in my head too. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, let's go over to uh, Marvin Mims. We still haven't heard about his draft decoration. Uh, I believe he had the late fumble. Is that correct? That he had the late fumble? I watched so many uh, games. I did, yeah, I watched so many. I didn't see this game fully, to be honest with you. Okay, so, so I, I, I just want to mention Marvin Mims. I know neither me nor you are big fans of him. Uh, and then the rumor on the street is that he heard back from the uh, NFL draft committee or whatever they're called, and he did not receive a a high grade. So I'm not surprised, but it, but you know, like a lot of people are. Um, and then we're going to mention one more guy here too. We're going to talk about uh, Johnny Wilson. Uh, do you want to take it away here? Here, yeah, I just wanted to mention him because uh, obviously this is a guy who had 202 yards in this game. It'd be kind of weird if we didn't mention him at least. He had a really nice season for for FSU, and he's polarizing. All right, really tall for the wide receiver position, six seven, 230 pounds, um, moves really well for that size, uh, but that profile of a wide receiver hasn't had success at the NFL level. So, you know, maybe tame the, the excitement a little bit there. This is a high pedigree cre- pedigree kid though. Um, some legit, legit skills to him, but I think that the only path to the NFL, if he were to go to the NFL would be the route of like a Darren Waller, uh, converting to a tight end, a big wide receiver like that. Um, I could even see a scenario where he's like drafted to the NFL, sits on the practice squad, um, takes a bit to make that transition or whatever, adds a few pounds. Maybe we see him, maybe we don't. But that, that's that's the path, the only path I see for him at the NFL level. So don't go too crazy over this great season for him or whatever. There's some in, there's some interest there for sure. I just think the path is, is definitely interesting if he wants to make it there. I was going to bring up that I think he's a tight end convert. Like that's, that's going to yeah. be his route to success. Um, and I know, I know Mark Pounds, one of our debut writers here at Canvas Can, who's just an absolute machine, by the way, with how much he writes. But uh, he's he's a fan. I know he's mentioned before in our Slack. Uh, let's go over to the Valero Alamo Bowl, uh, Texas versus Washington. Uh, no Jadon Blue, but we do have a Blue. Killian Robinson getting the run. So where where are you at, Corey? You're you're the Jadon Blue fan out of the two of us here. What, that's not that's not true i was like the that's lowest so on, true. yeah i was lowest on jade on blue when we first it did this thing but i i think the last time we did like a, a mock draft i was a little bit higher on i'm still just still just holding out hope but i mean like this is going like downhill for this guy keelan robinson was essentially the lead for this game uh jonathan brooks essentially the number two for this game um it's just been everything bad for Jadon Blue this entire season. The weight loss, the uh, the non-playing time. He's been one of the biggest fallers probably in this freshman class. Um, the only thing I will say is this. They did not look great in this game, Brooks and Keelan Robinson. They didn't add, add anything to this game. They got stopped on some short yardage attempts. Uh, they, they didn't look good in the passing game. Um, so maybe there's still a path if he does it. We do have Cedric Baxter there, our early our running back, one of these running back recruits for the 2026 class going there as well, at least for now. We don't know if that flip will happen or anything like that along the line, but he's going to go there for now. So he'll have some competition there, but I will say, I don't think this room is definitely settled, but it looks like he's very far down the peck order right now. I'm going to say this. We're going to discuss this tomorrow, but I am tired of Texas wide receivers dropping the ball. And I'm specifically talking <laughs> about Xavier worthy. Corey, and I, I yeah. am going to ask you next week when we're doing rankings, if he deserves to be tier one in his group. Cause I, I think, I think I'm ready to move up Malik neighbors. We'll talk about that next week. Though. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I, I think I am. Uh, <laughs> my next question here is, is uh, we get, I don't want to say overconfident, but there are some QBs that disappear that feel like slam dunk picks almost every year. DJ Allen and Spencer Rattler disappear for their class. Do you think Quinn Ewers disappears in this class? I mean, he's he's definitely flashed some, but ever since the Alabama injury, 
there's just been some questionable play. And, and just like I said, I really do think he'd be looking a lot better without some of these drops by the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But I, do you think he's a fraud? Do you think Quinn Ewers is a fraud? Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to call him a fraud. Okay, I, I think that my, my stance with Ewers, um, I still see some things I like mechanically. I still think he makes the right reads at times. Uh, I still think he throws the ball really well, gets it out pretty quick, but it's the accuracy and the placement that just continues to be off. Um, you know, the ball comes out with a ton of velocity. Uh, I just, I, I see what people liked about him. I'm not ready to call him a fraud, but he's got work to do. Um, my hope is like, you know, he goes into the offseason. He can clean up some of these things because a lot of it to me seems like chemistry and timing issues. Now, is Xavier Worthy going to stick around? Is he going to want to leave because he feels like he's not getting the time there? I mean, it's it's partly your fault too, dude. You're dropping balls out there too. You got to help out the guy and make the catch. But they've been off all season, haven't been able to connect on the deep ball at all. Um, I just really hope in the offseason he can work on cleaning up some of these chemistry issues, clean up some of these timing issues, and hopefully it looks better next year or else. We could see a plummet down these rankings for Quinn Ewers. For right now, I'm going to hold him at least in a decent ranking. I'm, I, I haven't cleaned up my cornerback rankings. Those are always the last ones to get done. <laughs> but um, I'm still probably still going to hold him at a pretty good level, at least for now. Like, you know, if, if this was a startup, I'd probably be looking at like round four. Ooh, I probably actually don't. I don't know where I put him. But I know he's looking at, he's still in my top 10, just not as high as he was. But I, I'm with you there. I think he needs to clean up some stuff here. I'm not out. I definitely don't think Archie Man is any type of threat whatsoever, like 0%. Um, but he, I don't, he's not a fraud for me either. I am waiting. I am looking forward to Isaiah Nayor coming back because I do think a quarterback working through accuracy issues needs those bigger targets. And that was uh, Xavier, Isaiah, Isaiah, I can't say anymore. That's Mr. Nayor. <laughs> that's Mr. Nayor. Uh, he was a, a good athlete, kind of more of a straight line guy. And I think that's what Quinn needed. And that would really would have helped him out. And a guy that probably won't drop the ball near as much as Xavier Worthy would have. We should now, rename this this show to the struggles with pronunciation show. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Back, back to English school. Yeah. Uh, let's get to, over to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, Maryland versus NC State. Uh, this is kind of a quick one here. I want to talk about a, a guy that I thought might have broken out. That's going to be Octavian Smith Jr., three for 34 and one. Uh, also had an eight-yard rush attempt. He is uh, a four-star athlete. He has, he has on YouTube. He has videos of him running a four-three-two hand-timed forty in like sweat. So I'm not saying that I think he's a four-three guy, but because of all that, I'm pretty confident he's a sub-four-five guy. So um, I like I like the athleticism. Maryland obviously has a mass exodus of players. A lot of uh, opportunity is there. I do think we're waiting on Caden Prather to declare he's – I think I've seen the crystal ball be Maryland, Penn State, or I can't remember who the third one is, but um, I think it was Ole Miss. Ole Miss, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Maryland, man. He's a Maryland native. Uh, it just feels like it's going to be Maryland. Maybe I got to look at his offer sheet, but if his offer sheet says Maryland, he didn't accept it the first time. He might not accept it this time either. But I, I don't know why. At this point, I'm feeling he's going to go to Maryland. But uh, – Besides that, I think Octavian Smith is, is it's wide open. He has the athletics. He's not a year one zero. Uh, so he's someone that I do want to stash on my C2C rosters. Any any opinion about Octavian or do you want to move on to the next position? Uh, yeah, we can we can move on. You know, definitely an intriguing guy. With so You nailed it pretty there. High-end athleticism has some great track time. So the speed is definitely there. So we'll see if it can maybe turn into something next year. All right, let's go over to the running back position. Ramon Brown was a big name for a few of us. I shouldn't say big, but he was very decently ranked for us. Uh, saw some pass catching work. Not much as a runner, but I do want to talk about Ramon Hemby, who I know you were one of the early ones on to be a fan of. I think he's got locked in. Like This is his running back core. 
I want to ask you where you got him in your rankings or where you think you're going to have him in your rankings when you get to him. Uh, and then just talk about his performance if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, I wish I wrote that down here because again, I don't want to pull up that sheet, but I might have to for the rest of this conversation just so I can <laughs> just so I can go off it further. But I think that he's somewhere in my twenty to thirty range. For okay, I, I'll so. tell you where I have him at because I have mine pulled up. I have him at I want to say my 24. 24. Yeah, yeah, I got so him. I got him. Yeah, so I, I I do think he's a good rusher. Yeah, and, he, and a good pass catcher too. He does have he, at least he's an asset in the passing game. I'm not sure what like the ADOT is and stuff like that, but uh, there's a lot of times where he's involved in the passing game as well. So I think he's got a lot going for him. He gets a lot of volume there as well. They seem to want to lean on him, let him be the guy. Even you know, like this game here, we saw you know uh, what was it, 27 rushes he had or 24 for 65? 24 for 65. Yeah, very yeah, so very inefficient. But they don't care. They're just going to keep hammering him out there. And he's had better games with more efficiency. So I, I think the future's bright for uh, Roman Hemby. He like he, he, this whole entire year. He either gets 100 yards or he gets 50. Yeah, you know? and it's not. It's not but like with, he's at, with the runs. added rec- with the added receiving though, he is he's getting close to like that hundred scrimmage uh, yardage mark, like almost most of the games, at least from what. Yes, I he has thirty seven targets on the year, which is actually very high, and then for three hundred fifteen yards. Uh, yeah. So he does have reliable hands, but um, yeah. So let's go on to our next one here. Let's talk about the Tony the Tiger's Sun Bowl. I love that. Uh, I, I'm really just going to talk about this one here at the start here. Just me. I, I don't know if Kanata Mumfield is dead. I don't. I know I was the big, a uh, big champion of his early on in the season. I thought Keaton Slovis was a decent quarterback for the ACC. I am very much wrong on that. That's for sure. Uh, but I don't. I don't know to do with Kanata Mumfield. But for right now, the safe answer is to fade him and just drop him for your rankings. So I do have him in the back. My my whole back end of my rankings, by the way, is just a graveyard of my takes. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially what it becomes after a long time. It's like, you know, what? I like this guy at one point. He's going to stay ranked in case anything happens. But, yeah, he deserves to be way down here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one the one player I do want to talk about here in a positive light is true freshman TJ Harden. I mentioned him to Corey, I want to say, months ago. 11 for – okay, he went he went 11 for 111 and 1. So 1-1, one, 1-1-1-1. One, <laughs> one, 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 one. And then two receptions for negative six yards. Uh, for a true freshman season, he went 44 for 325 and 2, averaging point four yards per carry a really nice efficiency he has that size that we talk about that we like for a running back obviously zach charbonnet is gone he just got the bulk of the workload here i don't know if he's a debbie asset and i do like his efficiency numbers when i turn on the tape though like i don't like i i see where he's getting the numbers but i'm kind of like i'm not seeing the flashes i think it's just his o-line doing a lot of work for him uh which is fine as a true freshman but I think this is a decent stash. Like I really do. I think I don't think I'm going to bet on the size and the production, and then wait one more year to see what the physical traits look like and the play style looks like. Yeah, I like him as a stash for C2C especially because he could walk into like a pretty big role there. But like you said, I wasn't totally blown away with the film. The production is good for a freshman. Um, I think it's similar to what you said about Zemir White last year and your take about him that he kind of gets through the first line of defenses and then it's like just straight. Like he just, whatever's blocked from him in front, he'll get, but he's not creating much on his own or whatever. He's, he's protecting the ball and he's just like going great and straight. Through yeah. The he just bread know, baskets yeah. and gets real violent. Yeah. Bread baskets and goes right through the guys. Yeah. So that's kind of what I saw. You saw the other back there. Um, 
DJ Jones, yeah. Keegan Jones, Keegan Jones was his name. Uh, more explosive player in space a little bit. Uh, they did, they turned to him in the passing game. So there might not be much of a passing game profile there. there I don't know if they see that for him. Um, he will walk into a pretty decent situation there. I did mention in the chat too, that they have been pretty active in the transfer portal. No commits yet. Just that they have had some running back visits over there. I know Byron Cardwell went over there. Carson Steele also visited over there. Uh, no commits yet out of any of them as well. So um, we don't know what it's going to look like heading into there, but it, it could be TJ Harden's role next year. I really wish they had Byron Carwell, man. I really did. That would be awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so TJ Harden uh, running like it's Black Friday in Walmart. So <laughs> let's let's move on to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Notre Dame versus South Carolina. Dude, how about Notre Dame looking good in a bowl game two years in a row? I, I yeah. hope they don't disappoint us next year, man. They always will. They always will. <laughs> I think the only thing of note really here to talk about is what is Tyler Buckner's performance. Probably I actually didn't even know he was going to play this game. And then like halfway. Yeah, yeah. And then like halfway through the first quarter, I'm like, wait a minute. That's like, that's Tyler Buckner out there. So I was like, oh, not bad. You know, I, it was an okay per- performance. Um, somewhat promising from like his earlier season play. If you're going to compare the two um, got to show off that nice dual threat ability with his legs, 61 yards rushing uh, two touchdowns on the ground through for three touchdowns was nice to see, but also you saw the bad side, which has always been the story of him, at least as a passer only completed under 55% of his passes added three picks as well. Um, so I'm, I'm, Without a big step forward, I'm not sure if I view him as a Devi quarterback anymore, but I really do think he could be a fun CFF quarterback. But we got to see some steps forward in that passing. Do you think he transfers? That's kind of why I put him here because we have Sam Hartman coming in, and then we do have a four-star that a lot of us like on the recruiting team. I shouldn't say we. I'm not part of the recruiting team. I'm just kind of like like the kid that follows the group. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the recruiting team likes the four-star Kenny Minchie coming in. So do you think he's a transfer candidate? Because that's kind of where I'm leaning. Like this was his transfer performance. It is. That's a good way of putting it. Is that it could have been his transfer performance. I think he already had one foot out the door, and then he has this nice performance here. I, mean, I, I don't know if that if the staff got some more faith in him because of this performance or whatever, but also he put a pretty good performance on paper for other schools to look at some of the bad, some of the good as well, pretty much the package you're going to get. So I think he is probably a, a good a good contender to be a, a transfer candidate. And before we move on, I just I just need to remind my memory. Did he get did he get hurt early season or was he just straight up? He, he got hurt. hurt. He got hurt. Okay, yeah. yeah. This is first game back injury. All right, let's go on to the Capital One Orange Bowl, where we got the number six Tennessee versus number seven Clemson. And let's just start off with talking about Squirrel White here. We mentioned before he went nine for one hundred eight and one. Uh, for me, he's the next heir for Jalen Hyatt. You know, again, yeah. it's a gimmicky offense. He's a field stretcher, not a technician, nothing really. Elite to his game. He is he is a what was he a high four? A low four? He's a low four? Yeah. Low uh, yeah, four yeah. True freshman, but he is that small field stretcher type role. Uh so we're gonna love him for CFF. Absolutely go grab him. Um any more thoughts on Squirrel White? No, go, goes for nine and for nine receptions for 108 yards and one touchdown in this game. Uh, a little thin at 160 pounds. You hope to see that probably climb a little bit like that, but uh you nailed it. Probably perfect for the Jalen High high role going into next year. Yeah, Phil Stretcher probably wins a blend of call, even though he shouldn't, and then he gets overdrafted. <laughs> yeah. uh, but let's let's talk about your thoughts on Joe Milton, man. I thought he was um I, I love the arm, sure. Like he throws it really far, but like you don't know where it's gonna go. It's like World War II artillery, like here's here's a grid course <laughs> somewhere in this area. Yeah, no, I think his arm reminds me of uh Colin Kaepernick where everything was just like a hundred mile per hour heater, like coming right out, very limited touch on any of his passes. Uh, But you know, he's definitely got the cannon for the arm, which is, you know, kind of what you see. Like when I look at Joe, 
Go ahead. He throws it hard, short area too. It's like, geez, yeah, like, like everything is 100 miles per hour, like the whole, like all the whole time. So you better have some gloves on if you're going to be a yeah. receiver. Like to me, though, he is. Uh, I said this. I can't remember who I said it about earlier. This thing, but again, the, 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 he's like the department store brand headed hooker, right? In a, in a little bit of yeah. sense, he's got a little bit of athleticism, big frame, a little more of a power rusher as a rusher. Likes to take those deep shots, but struggles with accuracy, struggles with anticipation, um, especially in the middle parts of the field, uh, or when he's like not throwing it in eighty yards down the field at all, anyways. But you know, it's a very a very friendly system there, which Josh Heupel knows how to play to a player's strengths, um, but. I don't. I, I I view him even less than I view Hooker right now. I think he's even more on that project scale. If you're going to try to make him anything in the NFL, so he's not someone that I'm going to be ranking very highly in my Debbie rankings right now. Couldn't agree more. Let's go over to the other side of the field and talk about Cade Klubnik. What do you think about his performance in this game? Yeah, it's only really a second start. So I'm trying to give it some leniency here. Uh, I thought he started out the game okay. Uh, had a lot of pressure in his face for a lot of this game. Um, Took some shots down the field where he got some pass interference calls that went his way as well, which kind of helped out. But his pocket presence, man, like to me, best described as shaky. Like okay. I, I know, I know, guys were in his face all night, um, but you rarely see him climb the pocket um, to make a play. He backs up a lot of the times. You know, how, like if you're a Madden player, like when you're playing a guy who's new to Madden or like thinks he's good or whatever, the minute that pressure gets in the face, they just start backing up and waiting for like somebody to get open. That's like what I felt like Cade was doing like the entire time. So, you know, I, I just, I want to see him attack the middle of the field more as well. He was just taking those one-on-one shots to the outside a lot of the time. He did complete a couple nice passes here and there. Um, had some nice zip on the, on the ball, actually, I thought, which was something that we kind of struggled with a little bit with it, it during his recruitment process. I think we were worried about the arm strength a little bit. I thought it looked fine in this game. I didn't see anything that really bugged me with that. Uh, made some plays with, with his legs as well. Got the touchdown with his legs. So um, I think he's doing some good things. I think there's going to, he needs better offensive line in front of him um, needs to learn how to read the field better and, and just settle down a little bit let's go over to the pass catching weapons your guy adam randall cue the celebration music beat Woo! the year one zero model yeah <laughs> got, got four for 33 we're all excited about that hits four yeah. of his 10 marks coming off an acl tear um i have to ask you this man we're gonna fast forward three years in time Who's the wire receiver one in this offense? Is it Antonio Williams or is it Adam Randall? Now we're fast forwarding. We're projecting. Okay. I think that Adam Randall has the higher upside. And I know that that's not going to be uh, a very good, a very nice take for a lot of people. A lot of people are pretty high on Antonio Williams, but I just think that he's the more dynamic player. He's the guy who has the, uh, like, if you looked at his recruiting pro- profile, he was rushing the ball. He was playing wildcat quarterback. He was playing outside. He was playing inside. He has the speed that you want to see. He, he was called baby Julio for a reason. That was his nickname. So I really do think that the upside lies with him. I'm not going to say that it's not a risky pick at this point. This guy was coming off ACL, um, played this year, which was still impressive that he came off that ACL, but took some time, didn't really flash that much, just hit those thresholds just barely like we wanted to see. So uh, right now I'm ranking Antonio Williams in front of him, but they're within five spots of each other for me. Damn, I got him deeper. We'll talk about that though later. Yeah. I understand I the risk. It's a little bit, it's a faith jump for me, like going with Adam Randall, but I'm sticking with my guy. I'm hoping he bounces back in air, not bounces back, but at least shows me a little something in year two. No, I'm all about projecting. I know I mean, you talked about on the side, talking about how you have to like project because you got to find your buys and you got to find yourselves. Like, so you got to like try to look forward to the future and project like which way it's going to go. But I like that. I mean, I'm more of an Antonio Williams guy, but like I, I did like both the skill sets. I think they're both still in my top 10. Um, 
But yeah, I'm just excited that he beat that Models. And then obviously you got Cade Klubnik, who's a true freshman. We hope he takes another step next year. And then he's just going to have chemistry with these two guys for his entire career. And every other Clemson recruiting will no longer matter for me. <laughs> it's just going to be these two guys. So I love that. Let's go on to the All-State Sugar Bowl. Number five, Alabama versus number nine, K-State. Jermaine Burden has looked good. I mean, am I – He's alive. Like, are, are we gonna are we gonna be semi in like come next like off season? Like, are we gonna be talking about him as like a potential bounce back? I think we are. I think we might like we might be forced to talk about him as a bounce back candidate. I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We we know that he had those flashes in him. Um we've seen it throughout his entire career. We made us hopeful for this year the same way. Um it will probably do it again next offseason as well. But um, I I just don't think it can be labeled as anything other than like disappointing. For, for Jermaine Burton this season, uh, this year, even if he has gone done well over the last two weeks, I still think he could be a nice complimentary wide receiver in the NFL. That's where I think that his future is now. Uh, he's going to test really well. We've talked about his athletics before, very high-end athlete, um, probably going to be coming back. But this was his best year to be set up for production. I know that he hit his stride at the right time, but like he was set up all year long for this to be the spot for him to show us that talent we thought he had, and it didn't happen. So... You know, I just, he's too damn streaky for me. He didn't even have the health excuses here. He was healthy all year. So I couldn't even give him that excuse like I was giving him at Georgia. So I, I'm I'm definitely going to be lower on him. I think I'm going to be pushing back on those guys trying to raise him up next year. I'm with you too. Uh, so let's go on to uh, Jamarion Miller, man. True freshman running back, three for 44. Uh, we're just going to ignore Gibbs here because, you know, Gibbs is going to be great. But he was third in rushing attempts behind Roydell and Chase. Uh, I just want to ask you, who do you think is going to be leading the backfield next year? Yeah, like I think we're still waiting to hear about Jason McClellan. I know the Alabama guys did declare uh, this past weekend. He wasn't part of that group that declared. So that probably tells me he is going back. Um, So he's probably going to be the lead uh, for this group. And then I'm not too sure. I don't think Roy Dell has looked very good uh, ever since getting the injury, um, coming back from it. He's had times where he's looked okay, but I just don't know if they see that with him. Uh, they were alluding to it in the broadcast a little bit that the staff really likes Jamarion Miller. They compare him a lot to Josh Jacobs. Um, when I, I can see a similar do it all skill set that, that Jamarion brings good athleticism, um, guy that caught a lot of balls in high school, was split out wide, can run inside, can run out. I just, I do hope there's a big enough piece of the pie there for him. I hope he's RB2 behind Jace, at least coming into the year. Um, I know Roy Dell's probably going to return as well, but I just don't see it there with him. So I'm hopeful that this is Miller's at least RB2 spot on this depth chart. Yeah, I'm with you. I was kind of surprised how it shook out. Now, I- I'm saying this like like they got a bunch of rushing attempts. Roydell had five and Jamarion had three. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't that big of a gap. But I, I don't – I'm not a Roydell fan. I mean, he's never – I think this is his best year with 55 rushing attempts. And it's like his third year. So I, yeah, he, I do think I do think Jamarion should pass him like probably in the offseason. Um, but hoping that he's an RB2. And then uh, Chase too as well. I just we haven't seen Chase do well against a decent defense. His his stats are inflated against playing poor defenses. And I understand the spar score and the pedigree. And he goes from Alabama, so he's you can't really ever count out his draft capital because he can go test and like you know get that get that back early day three type draft. That Brian but, Robinson type draft capital. It's it's yeah. that easy at Bama, right? <laughs> yeah, but I do wonder. This is just a huge what if, and I don't think it happens. But what if like Chase loses his job to Jamarion Miller? Like, what's what's going to happen? I think this is going to be it for his debut value. I don't know. I mean, I I am fading Chase. I have been fading him all year. I had I faded him in the off season, but I've always been keeping my eye on him. And it's just I just I don't know. I'm tired of waiting. I guess. 
So let's uh let's go on to the next one. The Cheez It Circus Bowl. First off, you just have two bowls. That's that's crazy. A lot of cheesy people out there, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about so this is LSU versus Purdue. Uh, let's I saw, let's talk Malik Neighbors, man. Eight eight for one thirty six and one, two passes for fifty yards and a touchdown. He's a better quarterback than Walker Howard. I mean, this guy just does it all. He no one drops punts better than he does on week one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're coming I, no, at me pretty. You're coming at me pretty hard after week one, but we're changing. We're changing our tune here now. Huh? You're in the slack joking about that was just the fan <laughs> me calling him out, not not that analyst me. But I I do like Malik Neighbors a lot, and I I I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves in this field. And I'm really excited. I'm actually excited about one. Butte needs to go to the NFL because I think he's he's ready. You know, I really am. And I'm glad he's going. But I'm also yeah. excited to see Bleak Neighbors get the run here. Uh, so talk to me about Bleak Neighbors' performance here. Yeah, you know, I will give myself a little bit of a pat on the back. I think he's had a tremendous season. And I tabbed him as having one of the bigger climbers of this year in a, in a C2C article I did last offseason. You can still go back and look at it. Him, Conjury Miller on this list. So I will give myself a little bit of a pat on the back there. I'm glad to see that he made me look like a smart guy. Um Looked tremendous in this game. Has looked tremendous all year. And, you know, the thing, the one thing I even had on him last year was that he was mostly a, a slot guy. But now with Keishon Butte playing this year, he moved, they moved him outside more. So he played on the outside a lot more. Um, looked good doing it. Was pretty much the re- most re- uh, reliable receiver for LSU this year. Looked great in this bowl game. Made some tremendous catches. I mean, um, now we've got Keishon Butte suddenly deciding to go back to the NFL. He walks into a major role next year. He's the LSU wide receiver one, which has had fantastic results on the NFL in recent years. So I believe that he's a top 15 or 10. 15 wide receiver for me right now in my rankings, but that's still with 2023 20, guys included. So he's going to be pretty up there by the time those guys clear out. He's wide receiver 14 for me. He mm-hmm. is wide receiver four in his class for me, and we will be talking about him next week for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the quarterbacks, though. I wanted to focus on Garrett Nussmeyer. Um, I thought he's looked good the last two weeks as a passer, mm-hmm. and I, I think Jalen Daniels might be the better quarterback for uh like college i'm talking about like cff yeah it's like a better quarterback for that but i think he his skill set offers more for the offense uh that i think he might be the better like there are better chances of like winning a championship rather than nussmeyer but man i i really do want to see more nussmeyer like I, I do like watching him just throw the ball i think he opens up the passing offense but jalen Daniels is just better for the short area game with his legs and with his arm too so i, I don't know but i i wanted to just get your thoughts on nussmeyer do you think he transfers do you, do you like his performance uh do you think he takes over? Just talking about Garrett Nussmeyer. Yeah, and I don't know if this is more of the coaching thing, playing tricks again. Because, you know, in the beginning we were talking about, uh, before the season started, that they're making everything seem like a battle because they don't want guys to transfer away now in this new transfer portal. I'm wondering if that's what's going on here, too, that they don't want Nussmeyer to go anywhere, especially if Jaden Daniels continues to, to, or not continues, but falters next season because he is kind of a risky quarterback. Sometimes he's streaky, he plays well, and then next week he's not playing so well. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer will be there to potentially be the guy to help out in that kind of situation. And this is a guy that I think Austin has talked about a little bit as well, if I'm not mistaken. He likes him a lot too. This is a guy who looks pretty clean mechanically. Looks like it looks like he belongs. Does not look out of place when he's out there throwing the ball. So I do agree that as a passer, he probably looks a little bit better than Jaden Daniels does. But Jaden Daniels brings the exciting legs and he led the team to an exciting year this year. So do I see him pushing for the starting job next year? Probably not. But you know what? If Jaden Daniels doesn't play well he could be the guy i do think they're trying to keep him around though and i think that might be kind of what's been going on at the end of the year here too let's go on to the next bowl we're talking about the goodyear cotton bowl classic 
I don't know whether they put classic in there. All right, anyway, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl classic. Number 10, USC versus number 16, Tulane. USC loses this one and over in like, you know, at the end of the game. It was, it was a fun game to watch. Mario Williams, man. Oh, my God. Did you yeah. see, did you watch the game? Yeah. Like the full game? Like you, him fumbled, him, he fumbled the kickoff and freaking went off. He went to the one there. They got the safety. Like it was pretty much his fault this entire – that for to lose that game. I guess <laughs> if it wasn't bad enough. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mario Williams is another stretch slot wide receiver. I I have no uh, I'm sure I know we did this in the offseason where we, where we just talked negative about players for an entire an entire show. <laughs> I think he, we're gonna, when we do that again, I'm gonna put Mario Williams on there two years in a row. Yeah. Um. But he he's an undersized guy. He's clearly in line for a bigger role next year. I think he's just more of a special package type of guy. But yeah, his his fumble was terrible. I felt bad for him. I really do as a player. Um. I did feel bad for him, and not as bad as the kicker for Ohio State. But anyway, <laughs> I felt I felt bad for him because I'm I'm a kicker. But anyway, uh, and then um, let's talk about Brendan Rice. Uh, Jerry Rice's son had his staple game. There's not a lot of size on this offense. I keep saying that. Um, he looked good this game. I really kind of consider him more of a straight line runner. Not really a. He's not really hit flexible. You know, he doesn't really sink his hips in his routes. He's not not a technician. Doesn't have that quick footwork, but he has that size, and he does have really good acceleration. Uh, so uh, did you have any comment about Brendan Rice? I don't really consider him a Debbie asset, but he's the type of guy that I feel like could go to the combine test well, and then maybe like slide into the back of day three purely off of, of physical attributes. I'm going to say one thing. I cut up this game today because I was so impressed with what I saw from Brendan Rice. Okay. And that might be a little bit out there or whatever, but this game get came out of nowhere, out of nowhere, 175 yards, two touchdowns. Um, this was a guy that I did in, in one of my earlier articles in CBC. I did. Uh, I know you were in on him as well, so I will give you credit yeah. there, but he, he's a big, he was a bigger target. And when I was looking at the tendencies of Caleb Williams at Oklahoma, he loved his outside bigger targets. And Mario Williams wasn't that Addison wasn't that Brandon Weiss was Rice was the only guy bringing that kind of size on the boundary. I thought this could happen during the year. Didn't happen, but I'm still glad to see it here. Like, dude, he made incredible grabs. Around two defenders, like Caleb Williams looking for anybody down the field, just chucking it up like 50-50. He makes a grab in between three defenders by the goal line, gets both feet in, NFL catch. Okay, this isn't just college. He didn't try to get one foot. He got two feet in, dude, and he attacked the ball. like. And that wasn't only the only one he did. The other one near the end of the game uh, at the one-yard line as well that he popped in the hand for the one-yard or for the touchdown that they had to review that he got that he got the touchdown for, got both feet in again, NFL catch. I thought this was impressive. I'm going to post this, his broadcast view at least. On the Twitter, you guys can take a look at it. I thought this was a very impressive game. Now, I'm not gonna rocket him up my rankings or anything like that. I just thought this was very impressive. He even took a short pass uh, across the field, and you were even saying that that he's kind of a straight line runner. He made a guy miss. He made a couple guys miss. I was like, where does this guy come from? Like right. it was, it was, it was <laughs> impressive. So like, I'm, I, he's on my radar. I'm gonna watch and see what the hell happens going into next year. But he's on my radar. Yeah, and Xavier Worthy was at that game watching, probably taking notes on how to Ooh, catch balls. Yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Uh, but I do think he's going to fight his role for next year. Like, again, said, there's no size in that roster. Hopefully they get Deuce Robinson, our, my, our company. Everyone's tight end one pretty much except for Alfred, who's, who's dunking his grade down. But anyway, Deuce Robinson is, is – uh, I, I do think they need size there. He's the one with size. But anyway, Brendan Rice can solidify his role for next year. And maybe we see a, a late step up because he did have the athletics, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Let's go on to. I, oh, I just want to point out if anybody actually doesn't know, this is Jerry Rice's son we're talking about. It is that yes. Rice. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. 
Uh, let's talk about the Rose Bowl game presented by Perdudo. It's six words. They got to cut that down. All right. Let's talk about the Rose Bowl. <laughs> number eight, Utah versus number 11, Penn State. I want to talk about Quindon Jack, Jaquindon Jackson, quarterback converted running back. Another efficient game. This is like five, six in a row, Corey. And I know we talk about Trey Benson being our, our out of nowhere running back for next year, like early candidates. I really do think Jaquindon Jackson has got to be uh, up for this role. Like he's not catching a lot of balls again, quarterback converted, but he caught some balls in this game. He's been efficient multiple games in a row. He's got the great size. He's got upside for athleticism, which Utah really doesn't really get for their running, their running backs. I mean, it's a quarterback, but you know, running backs. So I, I actually am excited about Jaquindon Jackson. Any thoughts on his, on his performance here? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been actually very impressed with, his transition from a quarterback. He hasn't looked out of place as a running back as well. He's made adjustments in the open field that I wouldn't expect a converted quarterback to make. He's made nice cuts in the open field. He's got good vision as a runner. You can see why he was the number three dual quarterback in the 2021 class. I want to say it was last year's class, I believe, right? 2021. You're right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was still pretty impressive. um, His transition there, like you said, not much of a receiving profile. Hopefully we do get that a little bit, but has the good size. I have him currently right now, I think somewhere in the thirties for my Debbie running backs. I'm kind of excited about him too. I want to see what happens uh, going into next year. And we've seen Utah be a pretty good place for for, uh, running backs to get a lot of run. It upsets me because I had a lot of hope for Jalen Glover, but if, if Micah Bernard returns and you've got this guy now, I don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Glover anymore. Yeah, I think he's buried. I do have him at my RB28 right now. Uh, let's go over to the next running back. Let's talk about the RB1 of 2025, man. Mm-hmm. Nick Singleton. I mean, dude's just amazing. And I I, I, I don't want to take away from Catron. I will say Catron is my RB29, right there behind Quentin Jackson. Uh, so I do think he's another good running back here. But man, Nick Singleton needs to grab a hold of this backfield. And I think he'll, he's going to do it, man. I just... He is just being, he's still, a, he's a value. I can't believe I'm saying this. He's a value because some people don't think he's the RB1. I just can't believe that. So if you can pay up a little bit for him, maybe, maybe if you have Quinshawn Judkins, you might want to offer him up and get a little plus on the side. I think that would be great. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I, and I've thought about, I'm not going to lie. I've sat here and thought about Quinshawn Judkins a lot of times as the RB1. He was had a very impressive year. It's hard to, to take down what he what he's done, but Singleton has also had a very impressive year, and he's gotten better as the year gone, and he's looked like the guy we thought he was going to look like by the time this year has ended. This past game, he's bowling through dudes. He's showing that athleticism. Like, dude, I literally wrote here that he has ferocious explosiveness, because that's what it feels like when you watch him. He looks like a beast out there, man. Like, you can feel the power coming off the screen off this guy, so... It's almost similar to watching DK Metcalf run during those combine drills and stuff like that. It's like you could feel the power coming off of him, you know? Like, I swear you could feel that with Singleton, too. He's just a monster. He's well-deserving of the running back one tag. Him and Katron make a really impressive duo. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're a Penn State fan, if you want him to completely take over. It's nice that they keep each other fresh. Singleton still gets his flashy run. Katron does the dirty work in between the tackles. Like, it's a, it's a nice combo for them. Do you remember what Singleton's weight was listed at at the start of the year by any chance? Two 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 ten. Yeah, he's up. To, they're labeled him now as two twenty. By the way. Oh, nice. So that's good. That's yeah. good to see. I, I have noticed that. When, I, when I'm looking up dudes, I'm noticing a change in weight. Like some some schools are updating their weight. Anyway, thought that was interesting. So uh, yeah. Anyway, loved him as a runner. Uh, I don't understand this because I, I, I do look up my stats on PFF. I, I do think Sports Reference is a better uh, better at doing that. His rushing grade is like 57, by the way, for that last game. I don't understand why they gave him Singleton's rushing grade. Yeah, I do not understand that. I'm like, just, did I another, miss just another reason to throw those grades out the door, right? <laughs> 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 uh, 
maybe it's because it's like because he had the long runs right he had the, had pretty long runs in that game maybe it was all the other ones put together that they're not grading him so well on yeah all right anyway though so nixon was in great performance i think that puts him over a thousand yards yeah he's in a thousand yeah. yard rusher as a true freshman 12 touchdowns three fumbles on the year how do you do receiving 11 for 85 all right that's not great but he'll work on that <laughs> <laughs> he'll get there yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's, again, freshman. He's that was still a really good freshman stats here. I think that wrapped up Corey Cord. Do you have anything that we, you thought we missed on anything you want to hit on before we leave? No, that was a monster of a show. I'm glad to wrap up this uh, this uh, bowl review here. And it was it was good, you know, watching all these games. It's nice to see some of these new faces popping up and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to some off-season uh, analysis of these guys. Yeah, I can't wait, too. Uh, guys, that wraps up our show for the week. Corey and I will be back next week. We're going to talk about our end-of-season rankings. We'll talk about risers, fallers, some guys on the radars. And as always, if you like the show, please go and review it. We love that. Um, if you don't like it, don't review it. That's okay. Just, you, can just, you can just wait till next week. And from Mike and Corey, good night and good luck. Bye.